Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? You know, I'm probably doing better than than Brandon right now, yeah. but I, I'm, 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 I'm great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm great. Well, you know Monday what? Night football, yo. You know Monday what I got to say? I was really depressed about that loss, but I mean, because that's a game that Denver did everything they could for the Niners to win that game, and the Niners still couldn't win. At the same time, you know what they say? Every failure, every loss, every setback makes for just a sweeter comeback, right? So hopefully we can beat the Rams like we always do in the regular season. But I'm not confident about it this year. I think the Rams will beat us next week. It's going to be a really, really fun game. Jihei, I cannot wait. It is officially rivalry week. I'm looking at you dead in the eyes right now. <laughs> it's not for them we yet. Are not they still have a game. I was about to say, I'm like, <laughs> I still have a game. You guys have a game. But the Bears, let's go. Two I, and one. I love how you're looking so forward into the the future that like I haven't our, our, my team hasn't yeah. even played yet so I'll tell you this the Bears the Bears run defense is not that good so Saquon's gonna go off we'll see I, <laughs> I'm confident but by the way this is not the lead story but I thought it was very interesting because I've been talking about this for quite some time the Pro Bowl is no yeah. more the Pro Bowl is now the Pro Bowl games are effectively making it like the Olympic games by having skills competitions a flag football game like I even think like that's you know, just forget about the game. Have a skills competition, have practices, have an award show, have events, make it a fun weekend. It will be um, in Las Vegas. But yeah, so when I went to the Pro Bowl a year ago, I had forgotten that it had turned into a two-hand touch game. Not like officially, but the players had a handshake agreement with each other, effectively saying, hey, listen, we're not going to tackle each other. So it, it made no sense to have a game. So like, I think this is a great idea. Yeah, I'm down with yeah. this. I'm very, very okay with this because who the heck watches the Pro Bowl? Anyway? Here's the thing. Here's how much we love football in this country. About 7 million people will tune in to that game. And they tuned in a year ago. About 7 million people did. I mean, here, here's my thing. I would probably, it'd be like baseball for me. It'd be in the background. I see. Right, yeah. You know, like I would just have it's just it there. comforting to know. Yeah, that exactly, there. that it's there. But, but am I... Contently, like sitting there, avidly no, watching it. Not. No, you know, uh, it's there in the background. That's yeah. fine. But it's usually, on. I mean, it's usually like on my birthday, so I never watch it. <laughs> <laughs> what about so. you, Armand? No, it's never on for me. I absolutely skip it. So thank God. I mean, this is to me. It was never that entered. I mean, back in the day when uh, R.I.P. Sean Taylor, he laid the hit stick in the Pro Bowl. That's I don't right. know if you guys... That, yeah. that like was against like... Against the punter, too, I think. <laughs> that was just like, the guy's like, this is the Pro Bowl, what the yeah. heck? Yeah. And that was fun back in the day. It was at the Loja Stadium in Hawaii, and so... 
Yeah, listen, I mean, being at that game a year ago, I effectively was at the last Pro Bowl. Like, I kept thinking, like, this is ridiculous. Two-hand touch, It's it, this is no good. All right, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by the Sporting Tribune. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no ads, no autoplay videos, just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. Hit it, Jihei. The Rams went into Arizona and beat the Cardinals 20-12. to 12. God, what an abysmal game. Um, it, <laughs> as I just said, it didn't look pretty, especially offensively. But uh, what did you guys take away from this game? Listen, they have not looked good. They are 2-1-1. Their first place in the division. Their only loss is a, a, was really playing a bad second half against the Bills. So... They have not looked good this season. And again, the, the problem with a week ago was they looked fantastic in the first half. First three quarters against the Falcons. And then they blew it. And then they, they had to hold on for the win. I think at the end of the day, regardless of what they've done so far, they are 2-1. and one, They are in first place. A lot of room to grow. A lot of room to grow. But I think, Brandon, you're 100% right. They're the best team in this division. And yep. that's all that matters. That's what I was trying to tell Grant. He kept saying it's the Niners. And I'm like, dude, the Niners and Rams are very similar well some some weeks they'll both look dominant and other weeks they'll both look like one of the worst teams in the league like sometimes their offense gets stagnant the difference was with the rams game is they have a good enough quarterback and good enough weapons that even when their offense was stagnant yesterday they were still able to pull out a victory stafford didn't look amazing by any means cup didn't look like himself in the receiving game but he still rushed for a touchdown cam Akers fumbled the football like he always does but at least he had 12 carries for 60 something yards right a touchdown so there were positives what's what what stands out to me was the defense and I know the Cardinals haven't been you know offensive wizards by any means they haven't been great this year offensively even though they have weapons Hopkins has been out Kyler hasn't looked like himself a lot of the time however Jalen Ramsey's looked fantastic Donald's looked fantastic it's fantastic Floyd's looked fantastic going into this game against San Francisco San Francisco looks just Man, they just lost. They've lost two out of three games. They probably should have won. And they're going to be angry to beat the Rams. But I still think the Rams come out with a victory in Santa Clara next week. I really do. I mean, defensively, you never have to question the Rams. The defense is never the problem. It's always the offense. And this is even before back in the Fisher days. Like, you always knew that the D was going to show up. and but the unfortunate part is that the D shows up and they're always on the field. So like it's just really really hard. Like the offense now just has to come back to that last season yeah. and help out that D. I was actually, you know, not every game is going to be a statement win. Exactly. I like that win by the Rams. It was 13 to 9 late in the third quarter. Arizona's kind of, you know, making a, a little bit too close for comfort. Third and 11, Stafford steps up he avoids the rush and he hits Cooper Cup on what was the biggest play of the game. And then later in that drive, Cam Akers finally gets going. Now, unfortunately, as has been the case so many times in Cam Akers' career already, he gets going, he gets going. The next drive, you're at the two-yard line. You're like, we finally found our running game. And then he fumbles. And then you're like, okay, we don't have a running game yet. That's the biggest thing for me with the Rams. And I know we're going to get into it. And the Chargers. You can't really run the football yet. And Eckler yeah. got four carries for the Chargers. Chargers. Daryl Henderson know, we'll got that, four dude. for the Rams. Yeah. The two biggest takeaways for me from the Rams game, Ben Skoranek stepped up. 
I like him because the Rams always do this. They always find those diamonds in the rough. And then the cornerback, Darion Kendrick, he he really looks like you, Jalen Ramsey. You mentioned it, uh, Brandon. He looks amazing since week one. And then now if you have another corner on the other side that can really play, that defense, it's 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 coming along. It's exactly. Coming along. People well, are, you should ask Graham Ona about Skoranek. What does he think about? That guy's the worst receiver in the league. That's what he thinks. Like, if you've watched like his body of work, it's just because he has. You know what they say? Every blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while, right? Like this guy is not a good receiver by any means. But hey, he stepped up in a game they needed to win. So, yeah, I mean, but this was such a fun Sunday, though. When you have the uh, Chiefs losing to the Colts, you have the Bills losing to Miami, which and let's talk about it now because it's not in our <laughs> that punt. Mark, Mark Sanchez, by the way, has a great sense of humor saying like dude like that's my lane the butt fumble uh, I, 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 thankfully the Miami Dolphins didn't lose the game because the punter literally punted the ball off the rear end of the guy in front and by the way whose fault is that is that the punter's fault or is that the guy in front I think fault? it's always Jimmy Garoppolo's fault for, <laughs> for stepping out of the end zone I talk about a butt and this guy thinks about Jimmy Garoppolo because <laughs> he fumbled he fumbled <laughs> off a of center's butt yesterday exactly. like Mark Sanchez he did and he stepped out of the end zone like Dan Arvlo that was bad. No, I feel so was, bad for Jimmy. You do? Why? Because he had four turn, like three turnovers. He lost them the game. You like watching when a quarterback screws up. And that, a, uh, that was mild. That was mild. I like a real He stepped out of the end zone. He, he fumbled and he intercepted. <laughs> intercepted. All he needed to do was one good drive yeah. to get to the 40 and Robbie Gold would have won them the game. Yeah. I, I couldn't do you. it. But I'm talking a real. No, that was a bad bad performance. He'll play better against the Rams. He always does. He owns the Rams. But like, dude, this is why they. everyone's talking about like, yes, Jimmy's better for this year's outlook, but the reason why they wanted to develop Trey Lance this year is because Jimmy has his limitations. We see that, you know, yeah. as good as he is. While we're talking, what's the point spread of that Rams-San Francisco game? This reminds me of a little bit of the USC. So USC goes to Corvallis, and that line was so off because the guys the guys putting down the numbers don't realize the history there. USC, historically speaking, does very poorly when they go to Corvallis. So if you got in on that, 14 points, easy money. I mean, again, it went right down to the wire. USC found a way to win, but that was never going to be a two-touchdown game. So the line... This Monday night football, one week from today. Niners two and a half. Niners two and a half. That that makes sense. It makes sense. Again, the the Rams have not beaten San Francisco during the regular season since what is it, 2017 20, or 2018, 19? It's been I a while. I think it was it was it it's was 19 because it was it was two years because it was the team the Niners had all those injuries like yeah. Jimmy was hurt. That was the last time the Rams and won. So it's like it's, you know, I mean, it, it's one of those situations it, where like even on paper, if you think the Rams were the superior team, just his historically speaking, well, they Kyle need the Shanahan same result as last McVay. year. The the Niners turned around their season when they were three and five last year against mm-hmm. the Rams, pummeling them. What was it like thirty to? I was at 14. that Monday night game in Santa Clara. It was the most depressing thing because I got invited there. I was in a suite. I had my glass of Cabernet. At least give me a. a first half. Like, if you went to that Thursday night football game, at least the Rams and the Bills played one good first half. You had a moment. There was yeah, no was, point in that, that game where that was domination. a fight. It was domination um, from the first kickoff of the game. I'd be bad. surprised. I mean, with the Niners losing that last game, I'd be very surprised. And, you know, the Rams embarrassing them 
in the NFC Championship, like when they were up 17 to 7 and just blew the game. Yeah. I'd be surprised if the Niners don't like put all their marbles on the table sure. to win that game. They need this is a must win for the 49ers. It's not a must win for the Rams. The Rams are still going to be a good team at 2 and 2 if they lose that game, right? I agree. The Niners need to win that game. The Rams don't. I agree, but man, if you can get a two-game division lead early. Oh yeah. I mean, Arizona Cross garbage. They're, they're garbage. <laughs> they're garbage. They shouldn't have beat the Raiders. Seattle is a little bit friskier Raiders than we thought. Three, by the way. It's a two-team division. Yeah. You get a two-game lead with the head-to-head tiebreaker this early. Huge. It would be huge. The thing is, the thing is, is um, the Niners are going to have to win that game on pure adrenaline. They're going to need to start uh, get, building a lead early because Trent Williams isn't going to play. He's going to be out. That's their best player. Yeah. Best left tackle in the league, right? He's going to be out for probably a couple weeks. He's not playing. Jimmy Ward is already on the IR, their best safety, although Tafunga is, or Hafunga from Yassi has stepped up, you know, the next Troy Palomalu. And the Niners have the best defense in the NFC by far, and it's not close if you really look at the numbers. I mean, maybe the Eagles are, are close, the Packers, Tampa, but I'm saying, like, just, just from, especially the defensive line, they're the best. The issue is they're missing Verrett, they're missing Ward, they're missing Williams, Debo is shaking up, Jimmy didn't look good last week so the rams yes they have their injuries but they are the healthier team and usually the healthier team wins between those two teams they also know how to make adjustments like nobody i've ever seen i i just i don't know yep. how mcveigh does it but they know how to make i adjustments. mean you can what's the over on stafford's interceptions next week because he'll <laughs> throw about i mean he always every for, for every three touchdowns he'll throw he'll throw three interceptions pretty much uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of not good, the, uh, the Jags defeated the Chargers 38-10 to yesterday, and it was evident that Justin Herbert was playing through the pain. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on this game, and can the Chargers still become an elite team? Another situation where I'm there, like, kind of sweet, having a good time, and uh, by the way, I knew from the beginning Justin Herbert should not have been in that game. He, he did not look like himself. Uh, just the throws were off, the way he carried himself. But the fact that you don't run the ball, your quarterback is playing with broken ribs or sprained ribs or whatever, cannot throw. And the worst thing, the most egregious thing, so say you want to start Herbert, see what happens. You don't pull him when it's very clear that he can't go, that he's not himself. And you're like, okay, maybe he doesn't want to play Chase Daniels. Maybe he thinks that he can come back. When you're down 28 points in the fourth quarter, what the heck is Justin Herbert still doing in that game? And I think his excuse was was something along the lines that he wanted to be out there with his teammates. You're the head coach of this football team. What the heck are you doing putting Justin Herbert? When, when he's, he is going to hurt himself to the point where he shouldn't play next week. And we'll talk to Fernando Ramirez. But this is a situation where sit this guy a month if need be because he can't play like this. It was yeah. really bad. It was really, really bad. Inexcusable. And you have a guy like Sean Payton saying, hey, I want to return to the sidelines oh next God. year. And you have a Please. quarterback like Justin oh, Herbert. Dream. If, you're, if you're Staley... What are these decisions? <laughs> like you can't be messing up because now your seat's gonna get a little bit warm. Hundred percent. It's it's and it's inexcusable. But like you said, Arash, why are you not running the football? It, it makes no sense. How does Eckler get four touches in the game? I think you know. I think Brandon's gonna get into this. But the biggest takeaway for me from that football game, first of all, you can't lose by twenty-eight. That's it yes. just can't Come happen. Ridic- that's ridiculous. But the Jaguars are good. The, that they, was the that, biggest that's takeaway. The thing. People, I mean, a you should not lose by. 28, but the Jags are good. The Jags aren't what they were before. It was a a, a similar crowd to what we talked about. It was not sold out. 
and it was a lot more Charger fans than Jags fans there because again the Chargers do depend on the opposing team so it's usually sold out but a good percentage of the crowd are Chiefs fans or Broncos fans or whatnot so you didn't have that with the Jags so it, it they, they they really did have a home field advantage it didn't matter though you yeah. down 28 points it, it was yeah. embarrassing I think the big takeaway is is I know we explained this before the show but Brandon Staley has just been proven to be one of the worst play callers in the league there's no doubt about it and let's say Herbert convinces you to play okay congratulations he starts the game what you want to do when a quarterback is in pain it's an ob- it's evident by the way you want to run the football especially when a team like the Jaguars gets ahead of you early I know you want to pass and get back in the game but they were just just sloppy with the passing game trying to fit uh, you know, they're just the play calls it's like Carter was never was not open much Williams wasn't open much I know Allen didn't play run the football with Austin Eckler take time off the clock especially when you see the offense of the Jaguars rolling like they are you don't just go three and out three and out three and out and that's what they were doing they kept passing the, the ball when you have one of the best running backs in the league and I know Eckler hasn't been great this year at running the football he's a great pass catching back probably the best in the league this year but you you have to get him going Sony Michelle you got to run more four times with Eckler is just just a, it's a catastrophe and especially if you're down what they were I know you want to pass but Herbert's injured you protect the quarterback at all times yeah. run the football after all we've you know talked about the AFC West going into the season you look at it now the Broncos are two and one and I think we all probably think that they're frauds right they're, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They they're, have a good defense. They're, they're not a great two and one team, but, no. but they are two and one. By the way, Russell Wilson, and he's much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'm just saying, he finds a way to win. Generally he speaking, does. always against the Niners. To his yeah. record against the Niners, and I actually predicted this. I said it on radio that the Broncos would win this game, and I said it to all my friends: the Broncos are winning this football game because Russell Wilson always finds a way to beat the Niners. And I was right. I was right. And I and this was something I scheduled once we lost to the. Bears like you kind of need to go into Denver and win this game but now it's a must win for them next week but the Broncos yeah they're two and one frauds but they're going to beat the Raiders Raiders aren't going to beat them next week I'm at the point with Russell Wilson that I don't even I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback anymore like watching him the offense is so unbelievably boring unbelievably boring and like you have a team like the Raiders 0-3 that offense, four. ah man, I mean, we talked so much about the AFC West going into the season and Raiders 0-3, Chargers 1-2, Chiefs look good but dropped a game that they should have won against the Colts 2-1 and and then the unimpressive 2-1 and Broncos. So the AFC West, all that talk about it and it, it might not be what we thought it was. Yeah. I, I'm just going to say this, Wilson, like that was the best. The Niners have the best defense they've had since their Super Bowl team in 2020. So I think it's more about, yes, Hackett didn't didn't have great play calling. Russ still found a way to win. But I think it's more about the Niners are never going to let a quarterback get like 300 plus yards, right? Like may, barely, maybe once to twice this season. They're an elite defense. I think that's the reason why we'll see next week because the Raiders are 28th in passing defense. Wilson needs to have a big game. But I still think he's like the 10th or 11th best quarterback in the NFL. Well, let's talk about a different Russell here. Um, it is the Arash Markazi show. We have to talk about the Lakers. Way, Russell- they're, they're kind of in the news, you know, beginning <laughs> of training camp. I'm not sure this headline in there. Um, well, Russell 
Westbrook is reportedly all in, quote unquote, um, on the Lakers this season despite trade rumors. Guys, will he have a bounce back year and help the Lakers get back to the playoffs? What an absolute failure. The Lakers did not find a way to move this guy for something. I mean, I, I really cannot believe we are here at the beginning of training camp. First preseason game is around the corner and Russell Westbrook is still a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. And he's got to be all in. What the heck is he going to say? Like, I'm not all in? Like, I mean, as long as you put on that jersey and you take a picture with your teammates and you're a part of this team, you have to be all in. What does that mean? Well, I, I listen, if he truly means that, will he come off the bench? Because he may have to do that this year. And I think in that scenario, maybe you're talking about a newfound love of the game for Westbrook where he just appreciates being a part of a team that could perhaps contend. Like, I'm not going to believe that until I see that. Because even last year, when everyone's thinking, like, how is he going to fit in? I said, listen, he's with LeBron. He's with Anthony Davis. Don't figure this out. I don't know how this is going to work out. I have no idea. Um, Look, I think... Look, I would have done the Miles Turner Buddy Heel trade, even for two picks, because that puts you in immediate contention. LeBron is is going to be there, right? But this is a blunder. They're going nowhere this year with Westbrook on the roster, right? Yeah, I I can't. The fact that he's still with them, I, I they, they they couldn't come up with one trade, one deal. <laughs> this is so Hollywood. I cannot wait to see what happens. I mean, yeah, it it, it makes no sense. I'm waiting for the implosion. I just I can't wait for it. I, I'm just waiting for the implosion. Like I'm just hoping that with Ham being the head coach, that yeah. And by the way, with with Pat Bev being there, that's why I think you bring in a Pat Bev is that he's not going to put up with this crap. He's going to get in people's faces. If that makes a difference, great. If it if it doesn't, oh my goodness, the soap opera, the drama. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Fernando Ramirez. When we join, when we come back, right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline right now. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California. Las Vegas and Hawaii, no paywalls, no ads, no videos, just your teams and a clear cut reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. And here he is speaking of TST, our main man on the Chargers, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? 
Arash, I'm great. I wish the people could see your awesome Tupac sweatshirt. <laughs> right. That thing is awesome. You're repping it today. That's amazing. But uh, thank you again for having me on. You are the best. Uh, listen, we need your perspective here because that was a train wreck of a game. You uh, touched on it perfectly. Post-game locker room. I mean, uh, th- th- listen. If Herbert wasn't 100%, then maybe you could say that they lost and it was a close game. 28 points, Fernando. What the heck happened out there? Uh, I don't know how you – I mean, first off, we didn't uh, we didn't see Herbert pregame. He came out and warmed up when the uniforms were on. He usually comes out, warms up, and then goes out there. Uh, we asked him, hey, did you take a shot? He said, I'd rather not discuss what I did uh, to prepare for the game. So – Obviously, uh, I even asked him, I'm like, hey, did you reach out to Tyrod Taylor and maybe ask him for advice? He just shook it off and and didn't uh, he just shook his head like saying no. But uh, those are the questions that had to be asked. I was concerned that he went out there and threw 45 times. That was a real indicator. 45 times. They only ran the ball 12 times. Uh, it's, uh, it's not looking good right now, especially because I think if you would have thrown Chase Daniel out there, I think you would have gotten almost the same result. I mean, Herbert yeah. had two incredible throws. He had one great one to Mike Williams in the end zone, and then he had that 54-yarder off his back foot to Jalen Guyton. But now there's a lot of question marks heading into heading into this with Joey Bosa groin injury, yeah. where Sean Slater biceps, and that thing was in a sling when he left yesterday. So it's not. In that. I think Ian uh, Rappaport said that it's not. Uh, that's something that it's going to be something to monitor. It might be serious. So. That could be, you could lose your left tackle for the rest of the season, basically. So, um, there's a lot of, it, it was just, it was a bad look. But, hey, I'm going to tell you guys one thing. The Jaguars are, they might be for real. They might be, a, I'm not saying a Super Bowl contender, but they, they're going to give Team Switch and, and Trevor Lawrence is here. And, and, uh, and I think that was kind of his coming out party yesterday to show the rest of the NFL. Hey, I'm here and I'm legit. One hundred percent. Yeah, you have to read uh, Fernando's takeaways from the game on the SportingTribune.com, and one of them was the Jaguars are not that bad. In fact, the Jaguars may be a very good team this year. That being said, Fernando, here's my biggest problem with the game and with what Daly did. You're down twenty-eight points. It is so clear that that Herbert is not himself. What mm-hmm. is Justin Herbert doing still in the game? Down twenty-eight points. See, and, and that's the thing. It reminded me of Rosh. I think you were there with me in 2020 when they were losing to the Patriots 45-0. to zero, Oh, yeah. And Anthony Lynn left him in the game. And it's like, okay, that's maybe a little bit down. Seeing the reasoning now, it's like, okay, he's a rookie. Maybe you let him stay in there. But yesterday, I mean, it was just, why is he still in the game? Like, And, and Brandon Taylor said he wanted to stay with his teammates. And then uh, it was something that Justin reiterated. But then you you have to ask him when are you going to stop him from uh, from himself? Like he should have been taken out as soon as the uh, as soon as Rashawn Slater went out, I would have taken him out of the game and sat him the rest of the game and been like, hey, dude, like we need you for the long haul, not for just this game. So I agree with you. I don't know. And Staley said he wanted to stay in there. Herbert said he fought to stay in there, and they let him stay in there. But sometimes you have to rescue these players from themselves. And I think that I didn't think Staley and the rest of the coaching staff did that yesterday. I think they should have fought Justin a little bit harder and and uh, and benched him. To be completely honest, 
Yeah. And uh, Fernando, I wanted to ask now about Keenan Allen. Obviously, you know, he was he didn't play. Uh, when he comes back, do you expect, regardless of who is in at quarterback next week, I think it's probably going to be Justin Herbert, right? You give him another week off. Who knows if he'll be 100% healthy. Do you expect them to bounce back against a Texans team that really surprised them a little bit last year? I mean, honestly, I was talking to some media people, and we're calling you like you, uh, NR, NR, I think it's NRG Stadium, the House of Wars. Because last year, if the Chargers win that game, they're in the playoffs. They, they would have secured a, a wild card spot, and they would have been in the playoffs. Unfortunately, they didn't. Uh, they were blown out by the Texans. But I don't think it's just going to get fixed with Keenan Allen. I mean, this defense yesterday looked at one point pedestrian. I mean, in the first half, they did everything they could. The, the Chargers turned the ball over in their own side of the football. Then, um, then they turned it over on their side twice. One was a Justin Herbert interception, which I think was more on Sonny Michelle than it was on him. And then, uh, obviously, the fumble that Justin had. And the defense was able to hold the Jaguars to field goals. But I think the defense just got exhausted in the second half. Again, th- their offensive line is not that good, the Jaguars. And they only hit Trevor Lawrence twice and didn't sack him once. So it was just a, a bad performance by them. But I don't think it's just going to take Keenan Allen. Is Rashawn Slater going to be able to go? Is he going to be healthy? Is Corey Lindsley back? That was a huge problem yesterday, too. Guys were coming straight up into Justin Herbert's face because there was no Corey Lindsay. And then Joey Bosa, uh, what's going to happen to the pass rush now that Joey uh, is down and who knows how long he's going to be out. But I think offensively it will help to have Keenan there because on third downs, the Chargers are not, getting third, are not converting third downs, and it's because Keenan is not there. Guys like Josh Palmer, yeah, yesterday six catches, 99 yards. That's, that's good, but it, it, that's not happening during the time that Justin needs somebody to create a play. So, uh, and then Mike Williams, one catch, 15 yards, one touchdown. So guys need to step up a little bit more, and, and they haven't during Keenan's absence. Um, so that, that's kind of hurt him. But, yeah, it should help a little bit, but the offensive line really is going to be – because if you have Trey Pipkins on one side and Storm Norton on the other, Justin might be running around the whole game, and, and that's not what you want from your quarterback. Yeah, Fernando, just to follow up to that, Brandon Staley has been criticized over the past year and now – we're in, what, three games about his play calling. Austin Eckler running four times. I know Arash brought it up, but when you have an injured quarterback, don't you want to run the football more? I know Eckler, by any means, hasn't been efficient. You know, 14 carries for 38 yards uh, last week and 14 carries for about the same the week previous, right? And he's still a beast in the pass-catching game, but you need to get Eckler going to really expand this offense. No, it seemed like the Jaguars had a game plan. If they could stop Eckler and they knew Herbert was hurt, they could really lock in on Mike Williams, lock in on uh, you know DeAndre Carter and other other weapons, and it seemed to work. I, I just don't I don't know if if Staley's the guy for this job right now. I know it's early, but four times for one of the top running backs in the league. I uh, I truly there's some there has to be something wrong with Austin because their performance is not their offensive line was worse last year, and he was getting production out of there. This year, he has 80 rushing yards in three games. And yesterday, Brandon said, and I quote, we just haven't established any rhythm offensively. Just haven't blocked at the point of attack or in pass protection well enough. Because of that, you're not going to see the production from the skill players. That's kind of burying your offensive line. But at the same time, what like what's happening with Austin? Like, why is he not, he's not evading uh, defenders the way he was last year. Unless guys just got better at tackling him. But um, I think there's some, there might be something up with Austin because, 
they're not uh, like yesterday. He had um, he had only he had like twelve touches. Usually, Austin touches the ball twenty to twenty five times in a game. Lately, he hasn't been doing even against Kansas City, even against uh, the Raiders. He didn't have that many touches. They're really they're putting Sonny Michelle in there a lot more. Um, Joshua Kelly only got one touch yesterday, three touches. But for some reason, they're using Sonny Michelle more than they are Austin. And now you kind of question, like, what's going on? Is Austin hurt? What, uh, is he just not as productive? Is, I don't know. And I really don't know uh, what the answer is to that. But definitely this week, it's something that is going to have to be brought up with, uh, with Staley and with uh, Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator. Fernando, let's talk about the division. We talked about it uh, at the beginning of the season. The toughest division in football, perhaps, or at least we thought so, would be the West. Um, all right, so we've, we've, we've talked about the uh, Chargers. Chiefs, Broncos, the 0-3 Las Vegas Raiders. Your thoughts on the division now? Uh, man, that, that – and you know what's funny, Arash? I was about it because I have a, I'm in a, a pick em, like group <laughs> or whatever. I was so close to choosing the Colts. I was yeah. like, for some reason, something's telling me that the Colts are going to upset them. Obviously, I didn't go that route. I just <laughs> went with the Chiefs. But man, that was a big that was a big upset yesterday. Almost every team in the AFC West lost. Yeah, uh, Denver was lucky to get out of there with the hairs on their chinny chin chin because <laughs> um, the 49ers defense is tough. They're aggressive and they showed it last night. I mean, literally, like I don't know if you guys have seen the TikTok trend right now, but it's supposedly kids are using Nyquil on chicken and they're marinating it in chicken. That's kind of, when you let Russ cook, that's kind of what you're going to get right now. The offense isn't looking good, but hey, they're pulling it out. They pulled it out last week with one touchdown. They pulled it again this week with one touchdown. So something, something's kind of working over there. <laughs> and with the Raiders, man, they're just, it's just bad luck. But again, Devontae Adams does not get his touches. He notably is getting frustrated. I wonder what, man, the Raiders are, they're tumbling and, uh, and it could um, it could even get a little bit uh, a little bit worse. Yeah. Um, because next week they play the Broncos, so uh, that'll be interesting. But um, but yeah, I mean that's just uh, that's kind of the look at the AFC uh, the AFC West. Fernando, I wanted to ask you about maybe the feel good story of the season so far: the Miami Dolphins. A lot of talk about Tua and that offense. Yesterday, it was really just a, a battle in that Miami heat. Do you believe in this Dolphins team in, in terms of being a serious contender? You know what? The only reason why I don't is because we always crown a team at the beginning of the season, the team, to, the best team in the NFL. And by the end of the season, they're not the best team because of injuries or because of anything. But man, Mike McDaniel right now looks like a, like a genius. Obviously, he has a swag. Uh, he comes in and uh, and and kind of trips up the media in his first press conference, joking around and stuff. So, uh, so obviously Mike McDaniel, he's a good offensive mind. He uh, he did well with the 49ers. Obviously, we know Kyle Shanahan called the plays, but Mike McDaniel's having um, is having success down there. They have a good defense. They do have a lot of playmakers. But the thing is, is that we're watching it right now with the Chargers and some other teams. Injuries are going to catch up with you, and that's going to be the that's going to. That's, you're going to be able to tell the difference between a team who's got it and a team who doesn't is how they handle the injuries and all that stuff. So I, I'm interested to see Miami down down the road. But right now, I would say that they are the best team uh, in the NFL because they're finding different ways to win. And, and they're doing and yesterday, Tua takes a knock in the head or in the back or whatever, and, and he still go, can go out there and he still uh, 
completed the game. But um, but man, I, I wouldn't want to be Ken Dorsey's uh, uh, tablet. He, that thing took a beating at the end of the game. And some guy rushed up to try and cover that camera, but he beat the crap out of that iPad like Tom Brady did the week before. Yeah, that was that was a hilarious, I mean, not for him, not for Bills fans, but for us, that was a hilarious moment. I want to shift to the NFC. The Eagles look really, really good. Are they your your team right now in the NFC yes. in terms of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fly, Eagles, fly, man. <laughs> the facility of brotherly love. You know what it is? It's not even their offense. It's their defense. They have James Bradbury. They have Darius Slay. They have so many good corners. They have a good pass rush. They have everything that you're kind of looking for in a team. Again, injuries at one point will hit, but I like the Eagles a lot. The only question I have is Jalen Hurts. Can he continue this moving forward the rest of the season? I don't know. But, man, I like the Eagles a lot. I like their running backs. I like their receivers. Devontae Smith yesterday goes off on the on the Washington uh, Commanders, and you're just like, wow, okay. One day it's going to be A.J. Brown. The other day it could be him. They just have a multitude of weapons. But, yeah, no, the Eagles are a team. And remember, last year everybody was questioning, why do they hire Sirianni? Why did they hire uh, – Shane Sykin, and look, they have the Eagles flying high. So definitely the Eagles are one of my teams to watch for, and they were going into the season because I like the makeup of that team. One more question for you. We're, we're getting a larger sample size now, three weeks in. Who is the team that you think the general public is still kind of maybe underrating? Uh, probably, honestly, probably the Eagles. I, I really think that people are like waiting for – the house of cards are kind of come undone, but I really like, I mean, I, I don't know what it is about the Eagles that I really like everything about them. And I like that. I like their brash, their, uh, their aggressive. They talk. I just think that they're a really good team. I think they're kind of a team. That, everybody's talking about the dolphins right now. And everybody's talking about the chiefs and everybody's talking about the bills. Nobody's really talking about Philly. And I feel like that's, that's the reason everybody's expecting that to come undone. And, and it just, I don't think it will. I think that the Eagles are strong enough to to survive a couple of injuries, but they're man. I'm, I keep on talking about it. their defense is, is very good, and I like the makeup of their defense. So to me, they're the team that nobody's really uh, giving all that much credit to. Fernando, I completely 100% agree with you, and that's coming from a Giants fan. I think that they're going <laughs> to dominate this division. I, I, there's no question. I even put my money where my mouth was, and I put 50 to 1 on them uh, to win the NFC East at least. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I, I 100% agree that defense is dominated. They're, they're for me, they're not coming out of nowhere, but for I think the rest of the world, they're coming out of nowhere. They're going to they're gonna shock a lot of people. Um, that okay. being said, uh, Monday Night Football is coming up. My G-men are playing uh, the Dallas Cowboys. What are your thoughts? Who do you think is going to win? And do you believe that this is a parody game or, um, and the G-men will not win? No, I think the Giants are going to win. Man, Brian Dable has Daniel Jones. I'm not saying he's playing re- like uh, at an elite level, but he has him playing a serviceable, at a serviceable, serviceable. <laughs> uh, he has him playing at a serviceable level where Daniel's not, uh, he's not doing the stupid stuff that he was doing in the past where he trips over himself or, throwing uh, bad interceptions or anything like that. I think Dable kind of has, uh, he's rung him in a little bit and he's kind of letting him play. Um, and I think he's playing smoothly. The only thing is, man, I wish Kenny Galladay would kind of get himself together and and yeah. uh, would play. I've seen that Giants fans have been outside of the facility saying, hey, why don't you integrate yourself more in the offense? What are you doing? Make more catches. So I feel bad for him. But because uh, that's an $87 million player that uh, isn't really contributing. 
But I got the Giants winning tonight. I think that um, I don't think I don't believe in this Cooper Rush uh, phenomenon <laughs> that everybody got on last week. Uh, I like Daniel Jones, and I, I hey Eagles three and zero, Giants three and zero. Let's let's uh, let's get that matchup going. That'll be a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, I definitely uh, I definitely am going with the Giants uh, this week. Uh, Fernando, big news today. Pro Bowl is no more. We now have the Pro Bowl games. I guess they're, they're kind of trying to pretend like this is the Olympic Games with a week-long skills competition and a flag football game. I'm not going to take credit for it, but I did run into Dean Spanos <laughs> during Super Bowl week, and I said, what the heck happened to the Pro Bowl? Because I had not covered it in years. I had not watched it in years, and it was effectively a two-hand touch game. And I said, well, if you're going to do two-hand touch and you guys are really trying to grow flag football, just make it a flag football game. He's like, that's not a bad idea. Again, I'm sure the league has been thinking about this for quite some time. But Fernando, no more Pro Bowl. Your thoughts? Uh, honestly, um, I, I, the only thing I can remember from the Pro Bowl is Sean Taylor's hit. That's right. On, on Brian Mormon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's one of the most elite plays ever. I love that play. But uh, it was it was it was due to happen. I mean, guys don't want to get hurt. Guys don't want to. Um, guys don't want to get injured. It's funny because. Uh, I remember Ju- I talked to Justin Herbert at the Super Bowl, and he said that uh, he was on the flight to, uh, to Vegas, and that he got a uh, he got a call from the head coach. I can't remember who was coaching his team, but that he's like, "Coach, I've been looking at the playbook, this and that." He's like, "Kid, kid, kid, take it easy. It's the Pro Bowl." He's like, "Yeah, but I've been studying your playbook, and I just want to get a custom doing." He's like, "No, no, no, relax. It's just the Bowl." relax, it's a cool week, it's a relaxing week, and I'm like, damn, Justin, you really wanted to go all out? He's like, man, whenever the ball's in my hand, I want to be the best, and I'm like, hey, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with you, but yeah, it just, it seemed like it was a, a long time coming, it just, it, it isn't the same of, of what it used to be, guys used to actually go all out for the money that uh, used to get paid, and now, I mean, it's kind of slowed down, you don't want to get injured, you're protecting your body, I'm all, I'm 100% with it, I'm all, I'm all about the skill challenges, let yeah. the quarterback throw. Let the receivers do their thing. Let let every position group show their uh, their skill set, and I'm all for it. even do stupid challenges like slam dunk <laughs> from the offensive lineman or yeah. like I don't know funny dumb stuff like that. Like get get the people going with uh, with that kind of stuff. I'm all for it. So yeah, no, bring it on. Yeah. You know, th- there should be some kind of a um, hot dog eating contest. I mean, you should make but, it yeah. fun, right? Like I mean, yeah, this is not eating contest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? They should have the media dress up and do a Pro Bowl game, <laughs> oh, and let's see the skills by the by the <laughs> by the media. I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if anyone wants to watch the media going out there, you know, uh, doing any skills competitions and stuff like that. But I will say this: the, the the game itself, the Pro Bowl game itself, a year ago or with when they had it in Las Vegas, was now fun. But the availability was great. You know, I mean, the players, oh, oh right? God, yeah. it was fantastic. You're never going to get availability like that anywhere else. Yeah. It's only not even at the Super Bowl. At the Pro Bowl is really where you get all that availability. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where I'm glad that they are making it an event where players can go out there and have a good time. Time And listen, they want to go to Vegas. They want to go to Los Angeles. They want to go somewhere where they can have a good time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, listen, and real quick, Rashawn Slater, you were, you were right. Fernando's going to miss the season. I mean, I, I hate to kind of do this because we're about to be done. But, uh, yeah, tough 
loss on the field, tough loss uh, with the uh, team as well. Fernando, let's do this again next week, my friend. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.